Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Radio Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for July the 6th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our goal. That is who we are. We're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Two hours of hard-hitting talk straight ahead. First, a recap of yesterday's award-winning two-hour broadcast. We had on Lowell Nelson campaign for liberty.org, ronpaulinstitute.org, and we talked about political leadership school happening in Utah on July 31st. Check it out, 9 to 5. Lunch is included, 40 bucks. Normally these kind of classes cost a couple of hundred dollars, but there's a special deal going on with Campaign for Liberty. Spread the word, political leadership school. Do you want to get involved and learn how the process works right from the very start, the intricate details? Then the political leadership school is for you. We also talked about Independence Day celebrations. 245th year anniversary, ladies and gentlemen. Next to life itself, we believe that agency is the most precious gift from God. We're talking about the age of agency and accountability of man was under fire by Lucifer even before we came to this earth. The war was started in heaven, according to the Bible. And ladies and gentlemen, when we got on the earth, the war in heaven continued between God and Satan. We must choose who will be our leader, our master. We talked about inside Biden's new, quote, domestic terrorism strategy. Incredible article written by Kit Knightley. We also talked about Enjoy Independence Day. This year it might be the last one-year experience, writes Paul Craig Roberts. I don't agree with that point, but I get the divide in America, a serious problem which we'll address coming up on the broadcast. We also talked about the war against whites. In advertising, Richard Halt writes the article, if you wanted to destroy a civilization, how would you go about it? You would destroy the nuclear family. He's right about that reality check. I'll tell you that right now. When the press wants to tell us to stay single, not have children, and fight over population, yeah, they always have white people. Yeah, why do they have solely white people there? Because their agenda is to destroy the traditional family but their real goal and i mentioned this they don't care about the white issue the race issue the whatever those are all just divide tactics what they really care about is going after those who believe in christ and eventually the war will come down to will you deny the christ yay or nay that was hour one of liberty roundtable live yesterday hour two we talked to our guest dr scott bradley to preserve the nation is his goal. Freedomsrisingsun.com is website for weekly webinars and more. Uh, and I should say, you know, some, Lowell Nelson, uh, Scott Bradley, Kurt Crosby, uh, Chris Carlson, all these people that are with me are really more than guests. I call them guests because I want to highlight them and give them credit and focus. They're really co-hosts, right? All right, we talked about a discussion of a dearth 
of righteous moral leadership in America and the world today. That's what we're experiencing. It's a tragic situation. Is Ron DeSantis, they say, the tip of the GOP spear in 2024? George Washington, quote, let us raise a standard to which the wise and honest can prepare, can repair. Let me start over. It's always bad when you don't get a quote perfect, huh? Sorry about that. George Washington, quote, let us raise a standard to which the wise and honest can repair. The rest is in the hands of God. Wow, that's similar to Chris Carlson's statements on the radio usually, right? Uh, Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia says Biden is weaponizing the Department of Justice. Is that true? I sadly think it is true. No way an AKA-47 is going to take care of you. Biden dismisses and mocks founding father, quote, on militias. Thomas Jefferson, quote, the Tree of Liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. It's, it's natural manure. Sadly, there's truth to that reality, folks. I don't want war, but I'm telling you, tyrannical thugs get out of control, and they got to be reined in, that's for sure. Get it done. Trump's White House doctor calls for Biden to undergo cognitive tests. We also talked about an arriving tropical storm they claim made demolition using controlled explosives unavoidable following the building collapse in Surfside, Florida. I don't believe that at all to cover up, folks. I'm telling you right now, don't destroy the evidence so quickly, but they did it because now you'll never be able to get to the bottom of the conspiracy on that one, will you? Wow. All right, that's a recap of the broadcast that took place yesterday. Hopefully it was educational and entertaining. It's still available at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Spread the word and tell the tale. Encourage your neighbors to learn, listen, spread the word, and get involved in the way God inspires them to do so. All right, news that networks refuse to use starts now. Chris Carlson with me. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you, Sam. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle is the Lord, Sam, but we do need to be engaged in the fight. So, Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, there is a battle in America, and the question is, can the rift, can the separation, can the divide on so many fronts be healed? I wrote a letter back in 2015, a clarion call for civility. And uh, we're working on a website to that very effect right now. Callforcivility.com is what it will be once I get time to work on it. We really need to remain peaceful. We should be able to heal this land. We had William Wilberforce, for example, get rid of slavery peacefully. And then it took us a civil war to get it done. See the difference? See the dichotomy, ladies and gentlemen? Well, there's an article written in WorldNet Daily, WND.com. And it's written by Chuck Norris, of all people. This guy's what? The fighter extraordinaire in movies and everything else, right? Can these two founders help a divided America heal, is the question. And then he says, a dream. They healed bitterness between Jefferson and Adams. Chuck Norris suggests a path to reunite the United States of America. It's a huge, long article. He says, I've been alive for roughly eight decades now, and I hate saying and even admitting it, but I've never seen America more divided, he says, and I believe he's right on that point. He says, today we split hairs over everything. 
Any small laundry list will do. The economy, masks, vaccines, race, law enforcement, climate change, gender. I mean, the list just goes on and on, right? And a myriad of other issues. These are then reflected in a divisive world of broadcast media, partisan media, social media, right? And every form of punditry and commentary around. He's right. Research is now discussing how polarized our nation is and how disgustingly divided it became during this presidential election. A month before the election, for example, one in ten, no, I'm sorry, eight in ten registered voters, eight in ten, so their differences with the other side were about core American values. So eight out of ten voters felt like whatever side they were on, their differences with the other side were about core American values. And roughly nine in ten again in both camps worried that a victory by the other side would lead to lasting harm to the United States, okay? What's unique about this moment, and particularly acute in America today, is that these divisions have now collapsed onto a singular axis where there is no common cause or national identity whatsoever. That is very, very concerning and scary. In other words, there has been an official and a national divorce. There's no more compromising. There's no more common cause. There's no more negotiations. There's no more respect for a different man or woman's opinion only judgment and criticism. Just our way or the highway. Never the twain shall meet, right? But then what is America if it's not a union or university of diversity out of the many one some say right wow what is america if we lost common decency and respect for others in light of disagreement etc with july 4th right at our backs and the celebration of the declaration of independence fresh in our minds i wonder if america's way forward can be found in her past that was the premise and basis of his book. He says, I've been researching this, and I found, I think, the way. And he goes in, and he says, I've been reading the Wall Street Journal. This is Chuck Norris. When I stumbled on an opinion piece by Peggy Newman. Noonan. It was titled, How Two Friends Overcame Politics. And it talks about these two founding father leaders. Right? Adams and Jefferson. Men in 1775 how they came apart in 1789. But a forgotten man brought them together. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Will these principles work in modern-day America? Yay or nay? Sam and Chris will discuss it in great detail on your radio. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? 
Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Can these two founders help a divided America? A dream that healed bitterness between Jefferson and Adams, citing the historian Gordon Woods, a superb work, an incredible book, Friends Divided, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, ladies and gentlemen, written in 2017, kind of articulates the differences between these two men. They met in 1775. They became fast friends. They built a nation together. Eventually, they got at bitter, became at bitter odds, I should say. But in the meantime, let's hear about the differences between the two folks. They were absolutely, completely different, virtually in every way, Chris. Yes, sir. So John Adams was a statist. Um, that doesn't mean he's like a modern-day statist where he, uh, everything should be subsumed into the state. What he believes, Sam, is that the elitist of society should be the ones who would and probably should be elected to political office, and they should make decisions in behalf of the people. Now, that's a very simplistic explanation of the situation. Thomas Jefferson, on the other hand, Sam, uh, believed in the integrity and the wisdom of the common man, especially the human farmer. He believed that people that, uh, that worked with their hands uh, from the soil uh, had an, an innate wisdom that surpassed even the, the most educated of the elitists. So that was the root cause of their rivalry. Uh, John Adams believed in the power of the government and the wisdom of the government, while Thomas Jefferson believed in the wisdom of the common man. But do you want me to go ahead and start reading from the article? Well, just think about it this way. One was tall, one was short. One was kind of loud and boisterous, and you knew what he was thinking at all times. Thomas Jefferson, on the other hand, was serene and simple and quiet. In fact, you couldn't even understand the workings of his mind most of the time. In short, they were the odd couple of the American Revolution. All right? 
But by 1789, and this is where we need to start here, right after the U.S. Constitution was ratified, Adams and Jefferson's relationship basically started to unravel. The divide of personality, of viewpoints, of opinions, of everything about them well created a bitter rivalry that was embedded in stone. In 1800, when they engaged in what was called the nastiest presidential election in history, it reminds you of Trump and Biden. It was so intense that it spread among each camp like gangrene, they say. That's a serious, serious thing because we didn't really think about that. You know, we kind of think that we haven't seen such divides ever as we have in our day. But you know what? They had serious rivalry. They had there and their camps hostility towards one another. The period leading up to the election really started out in ideology, innuendo, rumor, misstatements, a witch's brew of personalities. They addressed the candidates' courage, religion, patriotism, when literally everything, race, morality, even mental health, the fuel for these fears were a battle between Northern and Southerners. I mean, every divide and every allegation was there for the world to see as they battled it out. What compounded, compounded and even fueled the Adams-Jefferson feud was the fact that the election results came under fire as the Library of Congress kind of explains it. Basically, it was so close that no one really knew what was going on in that election. Right? This is interesting, folks. Thomas Jefferson defeated federal Federalist John Adams by a margin of 73 to 65 electoral votes in the presidential election of 1800. That alone is worthy of note. This spilled right into the election results, uh, even to that point, Chris. Yeah, and that did create a, a bit of uh, animosity between the two and, and between the two parties. But let's make one thing clear, Sam, and, and I think this is an important distinction. You know, the rivalries today are the difference between freedom and socialism or freedom and communism because we are basically a socialist country at this point. That was not the case between John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. Between them, they did both believe in liberty of the common man. They, they just differed, Sam, in the way that you get to that liberty. <clears throat> John Adams believed that the people needed to be guided by a wise and uh, somewhat more active federal government, whereas Thomas Jefferson just wanted to protect life, liberty, and property uh, to its leanest and uh, the least degree, and then let the people govern themselves. Have you ever heard that expression? <laughs> let the people govern themselves. And he believed that if, if you kept cities small, he didn't believe in small uh, or large cities. He believed that uh, cities were the bane of society because he had been to France as, uh, as an ambassador. And he saw uh, the degradation that resulted in these large cities where people lost their identities relative to their fellow man. So he wanted to keep cities small. He preferred that people work. Uh... All right, we're going to get Chris back. Uh, in the meantime, when presidential electors cast their votes in the election of 1800, they failed to distinguish between the office of president and vice president on their ballots. So Jefferson and his running mate received the same number of votes, Aaron Burr. 
as a result, it was very, very confusing indeed. With the votes tied, the election was thrown to the House of Representatives. Sound familiar and why everybody wanted to go to the House? Right? It was required by Article 2, Section 1 of the United States Constitution to send it to the House to figure it all out, right? Now, each state then voted to decide the election. Sounder, feel familiar, ladies and gentlemen? I would say yes, indeed, to say the least. A few years ago, a man by the name of Fred Smith, founder of the excellent online think tank, The Gathering, wrote another piece talking about how these men eventually healed their hardcore divide. In 1809, at the end of Jefferson's two-term as president, a mutual friend and signer of the Declaration of Independence, Dr. Benjamin Rush, had a dream. He not only wrote it down, but in the dream, Mr. Rush saw the healing between the two founding fathers. Both Jefferson and Adams, when they got his letter, Mr. Rush's letter highlighting the dream, they acknowledged the dream, but seemed to put it aside. It fell on deaf ears. But over time, a few years later at Rush's appeal, Jefferson sent a very cautious letter to John Adams, who started with a guarded reply. It was very tentative at first, but never mind it, my dear sore. We need to explain ourselves to each other. The outcome, ladies and gentlemen, these bitter enemies, prodded by a friend's dream, were brought back together again. And they spent the last several years of their lives as friends. Till they both died on the very same day and only three hours apart. July 4th, 1826, ladies and gentlemen. To read Benjamin Rush's letter, an explanation about his dream, and far more specifics about the reconciliation between John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, Wall Builders has the details there. Yeah, they started out as America's quintessential odd couple, if you will. But maybe we can learn about the Jefferson-Adams divide and their irrational mistakes before we die, too. In reality, Russia's dream and subsequent letter were not about, or just about, Jefferson and Adams, but all of us. They epitomize what our nation should be and what our citizens should be all about. Ladies and gentlemen, what do you think? Is that an example? Now, some would say this, that we can't get along. Those problems are simple compared to ours. We can go on and make those statements, right? But uh, Chuck Norris finishes by saying, my wife's advice to hurting marriages is a universal relational creed. Go back to the beginning. When you used to be friends, open the doors for each other, wrote, wrote loving notes, gave gifts, and expressed appreciation in a long list of ways, despite your differences. Maybe we need to do the same in our country for both friend and foe. Maybe instead of focusing on our divorce, we can focus on what brought us together as newlywed, even radically different ones. Maybe we can focus more on what unites us than divides us.
Could the God-given rights and path to respect and reconciliation be ours? Could it get any clearer than through the words of the Declaration of Independence? Chuck Norris asks. We hold these truths to be self-evident, right? That all men are created equal. Anyway, it goes on. The question that I have for you is, is this possible? Sam and Chris will break this down in details. We got Chris back and we're ready to rock and roll. Hang tight. More in seconds. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live, nationally syndicated, global, penetrating, hard-hitting, let's take America back one heart, one mind at a time talk show. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. National Hurricane Center is reporting Tropical Storm Elsa has moved over Florida Straits early Tuesday after unleashing heavy rains on Cuba Monday. The storm was packing maximum sustained winds of 60 miles an hour. The U.S. military vacated Bagram Air Base on Friday after 20 years of fighting terrorists in the Afghan war. Afghan military officials reportedly said U.S. forces left in the dead of the night without notifying them. Afghan looters got there first and started stealing anything not nailed down. The base is now under Afghan government control. It was reported Monday Jennifer Dowker, a charter boat captain, recently discovered a 95-year-old bottle containing a note at the bottom of the Sheboygan River. The note dated November 1926 read, Will the person who finds this bottle return this paper to George Morrow, Sheboygan, Michigan? George Morrow's daughter, Michelle, came forward and said that was so like her dad who must have written it when he was 17 or 18. USA Radio News. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than six and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Let's get an update on the Delta variant of the coronavirus. Dan Naraki reports. During remarks at an Independence Day celebration, President Biden said that the coronavirus no longer controlled the lives of Americans. But some health experts say they're still worried about a combination of the more transmissible Delta variant of the virus and pockets of the country that have low vaccination rates. Dr. Peter Hotez is the Dean of Tropical Medicine at the Baylor College of Medicine and tells CNN that while progress is being made, there are still areas of the nation being hard hit by the virus. Well, it's certainly true both for some segments of the country, maybe most segments of the country, but we now have these areas that were have ongoing outbreaks and are extremely vulnerable, and they're areas where two things are going on. One, where vaccination rates are low, and the Delta variant is occupies a significant percentage of the virus isolates. So, for instance, in Missouri, 53% of the virus isolates are the Delta variant. Low vaccination rates, guess what? People are now going into intensive care units in southern Missouri. USA Radio News.
promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson on your radio, hard-hitting talk. News the networks refuse to use discussing all things liberty. So Thomas Jefferson and John Adams were bitter enemies. First, they were friends. They built a nation together. Then they become bitter enemies over everything under the sun. And then eventually, Benjamin Rush's dream, which he wrote down and sent them a letter, eventually created the healing between the two, and they died uh, as friends, burying the hatchet, forgiving one another, saying we can agree to disagree agreeably. Um, These bitter enemies died as friends. They died on the very same day and only three hours apart on July 4th. 1826, the 50th year anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. What an example for the nation to follow. The question is, can we, will we, bury the hatchet, agree to disagree, and remain civil? Or will we go viral and will will we have the second civil war in America? Uh, That's really the ultimate question. Chris Carlson, that's the breakdown of the article uh, that Chuck Norris wrote in WND.com. Let's break it down. Your thoughts. Can we heal the divide or are we just going to melt down? Well, and far be it from me to disagree with Chuck Norris. I know he's uh, in his eighth decade now, but he could probably uh, do some serious damage to me based on what I've seen in his early years. But here's the thing, Sam. People often think that, you know, maybe John Adams was a socialist or had socialist tendencies, and then Thomas Jefferson was more of a a democratic-minded person. Um, That really wasn't the case. They both had the same vision for our country, and that's the distinction that I think we really need to make. They really wanted to uphold life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for the general populace. John Adams and Thomas Jefferson just believed that we were going to get there through different avenues. Uh, John Adams, like I mentioned, I don't know how much of the last uh, uh, part of my comments that you guys caught. I know that there were some technical difficulties there. But John Adams just felt that the government could uh, play a more major role in facilitating that objective, whereas Thomas Jefferson felt that the people could probably handle more of that responsibility on their own. Does that make sense, Sam? Absolutely. I get the difference in the divide that you're saying. However, it becomes a very, um, whatever you want to call it, nuanced, slippery slope if you're not careful. Let me give you an example. Patrick Henry okay. uh, and Thomas Jefferson would be allied, if you will. Uh, John Adams, and to some degree, what's that other founding father that everybody loves, the big banker guy? Alexander Hamilton. Alexander Alexander Hamilton. Okay, so when you start Mm -hmm. to look at these founding fathers, you go Patrick Henry, which I'm just ready to die or or have my liberty 100%, to a Thomas Jefferson, which says we can handle it ourselves, to a John Adams who says, well, I believe there's a place for the general government bigger than you may agree with, uh, and then all the way to... What's his name again? Alexander Hamilton, who said, we got to have Alexander, the big banker yeah, thugs. Big... <clears throat> okay, were any of these founding fathers different than Americans? Many Americans aren't necessarily trying to promote communism, but they do believe a more socialistic kind of an idea. You know, the government should do more and help you more. And where is the line drawn is the problem. The anarchists uh, would say, hey, we don't need any government at all. In fact, we'll have Becky on tomorrow talking about that very thing. We don't need any government. To the, uh, you know, Barack Obamas and Joe Bidens and Bill Clintons of the world that are like, hey, we can have a government do everything for us. In fact, you know, there's a lot of Americans that say, I'd, I'd rather pay double and triple in taxes if the government would just do more for me. 
Um, does that mean they're uh, evil because they have that view? Now, I think they're misguided. Personally, I get it. However, the reality is the same. I just gave you kind of the spectrum, and you could say, well, Alexander Hamilton was mild compared to that. Not if you let the bankers take over. He's not mild. In other words, he might be mild in his okay. intentions, but what's the fruits of those actions down the road a piece, right? Uh, that's kind of where the rubber meets the yeah, road. The law, um, it's a very please. difficult discussion, but the, the, the slippery slope of the landslide starts to happen. I don't know that it denotes somebody's intention for evil, even if they are misguided in our view. See, Thomas thought that, Thomas thought that um, his buddy John Adams was out in the weeds and he was the enemy and going to destroy the country. I mean, even though it wasn't, quote, socialistic in nature at the time per se, the whole point was he thought they were going to destroy the country. That's what we think today of the other guy. Oh, you let Alexandria Cortez get involved, and she'll just ruin the country. Uh, but don't worry, if you get Donald Trump in charge, he'll save the nation. Okay, neither are correct, really, in, in their totality. If you have morality in the people, they'll hold anybody in check. And if yeah. you don't have morality in the people, we run off the rails no matter who's in charge, right? Yeah, and there's the key, the people. If the, if the people are moral, it doesn't matter how many socialist programs you implement, if they never take advantage of them, then the government's forced to, to lower taxes, then we have more freedom, life, liberty, and property. But, yeah, well, I think what you were talking about there, Sam, is the law of unintended consequences, where you have all these good do-goods right. like you tried to. And they say, well, well, if we do this, then, you know, there will be more people will be fed, uh, people will have uh, more economic opportunities. But what happens is the government gets bigger and bigger, and our paychecks get smaller and smaller, and you end up, you know, where Karl Marx wants us to end up being slaves to uh, an overbearing, out-of-control government. But I would like to make one point really quick um, about people who want more government in their lives. You know, Sam, and I've made this statement in the past, if you want more government in your lives, you don't have to involve me in that process. If you love socialism and I love freedom, why don't you go off and you get together with as many friends and people who want to join you in a socialist colony, and you can live more socialistic than they do down in Cuba if you want. And I don't have to be involved. See, that's the wonderful thing about a free government. Uh, you can live the way you want. I can live the way I want. We, you can be just as collective uh, in, in your orientation as you want. And I can, just, I can be a, a hermit out in the wilderness having relatively no government at all. Anyway, that, that's my little spiel on the, the virtues and it's a good, and of it's a, a good free spiel. society. It's a good spiel, but it's a divide plan where we say, you leave then. Well, a lot of the, quote, actors and actresses and everybody else in America claimed if, you know, Trump got in, they would leave the country. Of course, they never did. Uh, and, and, but now what we have is the government calling all, all domestic terrorists or threats in some way. They're basically saying, look, why don't you go find a place and live on your own then? Our society is moving more socialist. If you don't like it, get the heck out. So, see, the problem is that view yeah. doesn't long-term last because eventually someone's going to say, hey, we've got to go to war to solve it. Is there a peaceful way forward? Yes. In theory, there is, Sam. Now, I'm an optimist, as, as are you, and sometimes I don't always come across as being an optimist. And I'll be honest with you, at this point in, in our country's evolution or de-evolution, however you want to characterize it, Sam, I believe we have quite a bit of freedoms uh, still intact. I mean, wouldn't you agree? I made some pretty dire predictions about 20 years ago, 
And fortunately, none of them have, well, one or two of them have. I, I predicted socialized medicine uh, would be implemented. But I think at this point in the game, Sam, um, we're not ready for revolution. There is hope that we can reconcile our differences. Now, whether that will actually transpire or not, I cannot tell you. But I think we should work towards that peaceful solution, as you always advocate, while preparing for the possibility that we may not be able to reconcile. So I am an optimist in that sense. I think that we should work towards peaceful resolution and try to convince our detractors that the Constitution is inspired of God. And even if they don't believe it, it is a good idea. You look how long it's lasted and, you know, how long most constitutions last, which is nothing near as long as ours has lasted, and, and work towards that resolution, uh, the, the common ground that we can find with our, our detractors. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The divide is in. The negative view by many people is legend and legion. It's everywhere. Uh, it's ubiquitous, as we like to use in the IT world. It's everywhere, right? And it's getting worse big time right now. Let me give you some highlights to make the point. Headline says this. The National Education Association, or the NEA, if you will, the nation's largest teachers' union, has approved a plan now to implement critical race theory, CRT, in 14,000 school districts across the country, across all 50 states. So the idea that critical race theory will not be in your school is dead. You will be teaching critical race theory in your school, which is whites are racists. They can't help it. It's in their core. It's so systemic. It's not changeable. And everybody else who's non-white is a victim and can never be a racist. That's the general critical race theory doctrine. Uh, others might argue with me about that, and those who are advocates of it would say, no, Sam, it's slightly different than you, and they'll go into little pros. And, but at the end, um, the nuances aren't taught. The general principle is. Uh, and then what we're going to do is raise our next generations to be flat out um, either a white person and on the ropes, if you will, as reverse racism takes hold, uh, or it'll be non-whites. The victims will rise and lord over those who have held them down. That divide is in the works. So even though we got a massive divide in America, you ain't seen nothing yet. Furthermore, Americans are being taught to not even love America. Highlights in seconds. Do we have solutions? Of course we do. This is indeed Liberty Roundtable Live. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at UPMA.org. That's UPMA.org. 
why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So this is serious. They're going to be teaching critical race theory in government schools everywhere. Now, parents are pushing back about this and getting quite angry, and they're really frustrated and don't believe in critical race theory, etc., uh, but you know what, ladies and gentlemen, they will indoctrinate your children to believe in critical race theory. They will destroy the American view and dream. They will destroy your beliefs and principles that made America great. The only way to stop it is for parents to pull their kids out of the government school uh, scenario. Okay, The NEA needs to be shut down by peer families leaving the organization. Okay, They're going to implement critical race theory, but if everybody leaves the schools, it won't. Well, most people say, well, we can't leave the schools. we got to, and this is to Chris Carlson's point, you know what, the socialism is so rampant in America today that are we just going to fail under the weight of socialism? Uh, the answer is I believe this nation shall endure until the Savior Jesus Christ comes. Will it be a tough road along the way? Absolutely. Listen to these statistics. A new poll published on Monday, uh, it's called Issues and Insights, and um, Tip Insights found that only 36% of young adults are proud of being American. Only 36% of young adults. Listen up. Overall, they say, 44% of respondents said they're extremely proud to be an American. 23% said they were very proud. 15% said moderately proud. 8% were slightly proud. 6% were not proud at all, and 4% weren't sure. Wow. What do you think of that, folks? I mean, this is serious indeed stuff, Chris. Well, I mean, define the word proud for me, Sam. I mean, we do have issues. Now, when I say that I wish that my country were better, that's not because I hate my country or, you know, that I want to leave my country. I mean, where, after all, where am I going to go, right? I'm going to stay here and I'm going to work towards uh, reestablishing the principles upon which this great nation was, was founded. And when I love my, say I love my country, it means I love the principles upon which it was founded because those are divine principles. We know that our Constitution... Yeah, but hold on, Chris. Was if, okay. I don't, if I don't want to be clear, and I'm in the mainstream media, and I'm a pollster, 
and I don't want to be clear about this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to use this proud word. Are you proud of America? You're going to say no because you're not proud of what America has become. You're not proud of the direction that we're on, uh, et cetera. And you're going to say no, and then they're going to say, see, no one believes in America anymore because that's their lie. That's their agenda. That's the reason that I highlight this poll. I think it's a dishonest poll from the get-go. You're probably right. Um, and, you know, most of my friends, I mean, they love this country. They have no intention of ever leaving it. How devoted they are to restoring it to its constitutional foundations, you know, we shall see. Uh, I certainly am. But again, we're, we're not at the point where revelation, revolution, I should say, is, is going to be the cure for it. I think we're still at the stage, like you said, Sam, where we can restore this. There is hope. There is that potentiality. Now, whether it will actually be restored upon the, the foundations that our founding fathers have established for us or not is, was, is yet to be seen. Yeah, so, so I reject we'll, we'll the term see. proud. I reject the term proud because I don't even know what that means in context. So uh, I yeah. will make this very clear if we're going to do a poll our, on our own. I would love to create a polling company. Because I would love to have fund and have Americans get real poll answers. I believe the manipulations are in the questions asked, as you wisely point out. What does proud of America mean? I am not proud that over the last 50 years we've doubled down in socialism and communistic principles. I am not proud of that at all, ladies and gentlemen. But I am proud of the founding fathers. I am proud that this, this nation looks to God rather than government. I am proud that the principles of America... Uh, are still intact to a great degree, and we the people, by insisting on those principles, using the checks and balances, using our greater influence of our greater numbers, we can restore the republic peacefully. In other words, the seeds of solution are in the blueprint already. I am extremely proud of that, and I am extremely proud of Americans who turn to God Almighty and repent and go to our God, our, our author of our liberty, in supplication and prayer, and then after repenting, get up and in our families work towards moral principles and the family being the fundamental unit of society and restoring uh, families based on godly principles, uh, based on the traditional God-ordained family. I am proud that America has the opportunity to restore uh, herself, to have a great restoration, a great preservation by these principles. And I believe there will be groups in america who will maintain those principles and i believe this nation shall endure i believe we will be prepared to meet the savior jesus christ when he comes a lot of people will melt down along the way and it'll be a divisive difficult period without a doubt but i maintain to you ladies and gentlemen that we shall succeed we shall prevail and i am proud of the opportunity that our founding fathers have put before us to double down in defense of those principles and to stand peacefully for the restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth you bet i'm proud extremely proud and happy and humbled and all of those adjectives at the same time to be part of this great unfolding of preparation for our only king jesus christ to return um this i'm extremely proud of and i think if you were to articulate the poll and ask the right questions i think you would get a hundred percent different result and i believe it's just their manipulation of this their downing of america agenda it says nobody's proud of america nobody likes america everybody's you know they're they're jettisoning america they don't, they don't even like the fourth of july they're not the founding fathers are disgraced and embarrassment i'm embarrassed to be an american they want to pitch that narrative and i reject it a thousand percent chris and i believe that we can like jefferson and like John Adams, we can work together even if we completely disagree on things. We can bring back a, a period of civility. We can bring back mutual respect and kindness if we will. I don't know if we will, but we certainly can. The opportunity well, is before us, sir. 
Well, based on your definition of uh, pride, Sam, I would concur with you. I am proud of all of these things. I, I guess the word that I would rather use, Sam, and not to discredit what you, you said with, the, you know, using the word pride, uh, would be gratitude. Because I'll be honest with you, Sam, at this point in my life, I'm as happy as I've ever been. Um, I realize that uh, the road that this country is on is not maintainable. And that is my great concern. And that's why we're on the radio today, uh, both warning and encouraging our fellow Americans to do something about this awful situation that we are headed towards. But, you know, as far as um, the hope that I have for the future of this country, you know, if God's involved, and if just like, uh, you know, God said to um, Abraham, if there are 10 people left in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah uh, who are righteous men, that are worthy of being saved, then I will save the city. I dare say, Sam, there are probably 10 million people in this country who are worthy to be saved and to have their uh, natural rights restored to them. And, and I believe that they will. We're going through a rough patch. That's for certain. But if we keep going, I think on the other side of this thing, Sam, that we will have achieved a greater degree of freedom, a greater degree of prosperity, a greater degree of peace than we ever thought imaginable. So just endure to the end. I mean, that's one of the great Christian principles, right? Enduring to the end. And keep warning our neighbors. I agree with that. Keep loving our neighbors. Keep holding out hope for our neighbors. Don't abandon them until we're dead and in the grave, Sam. There is still hope for all of us. Unless we've committed the unpardonable sin, which is murder. And I guess there's another one, denying the Holy Ghost. And unless got that point, Sam, uh, the people of this nation are still worth saving, and we still have a lot of freedom to do that. And I'm grateful for that. I love your gratitude term instead of proud or pride term. I only use that term because that's what the poll used, and I wanted to redefine kind of what that means. The definition, the vagary is the problem, and the supposition they start with is the problem. I love your term gratitude and think you're spot on in terms of the delivery and the real answer. Rather than being proud of your country, and I'm proud, but I'm really grateful for the leadership of the Founding Fathers, grateful that they um, put us on a track where the seeds of solutions are in the very supreme law of our land. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. What country blatantly points to God rather than government by its founding and supreme law? And what country then has the ability, using the checks and balances, to restore themselves, to, go, to change direction? And to bring back principles using the very principles that our founders bled and died, gave their honors, their sacred fortune, everything for. What greater opportunity do we have? Nobody else in the history of the world has ever had an opportunity uh, that we have. Is the challenge great? Without a doubt. Does it take, you know, pride? Uh, the right kind of pride, yes. Does it take gratitude? Without a doubt. Does it take uh, leadership pointing the direction? Certainly. And that's what we hope to provide on this broadcast. That's why we're here. Are we perfect? No. Are we setting ourselves up to lead the train? Not hardly. I just want to teach the principles and let people govern themselves. I don't have any leadership intentions. I don't have any financial gain intentions. I just want to leave a better place for my children. And that I can do and that I will do to the best of my ability. But I find this rift between Jefferson and John Adams instructive. I find the healing that they found through the dreams of Benjamin Rush a key. Can we have dreams like that in America? And can we find ways to heal and to express gratitude as Chris Carlson has done? Can we find ways to say we may not agree on how to get there, but we're going to work on it 
kindly, patiently. We're going to use our greater influence by our words and our actions and our example and our prayers and our efforts all for the good. And can we restore morality to the people? If we do, we will succeed. I don't believe we'll get it done as a whole nation, but I do believe there will be a people prepared to meet their Lord and King Jesus Christ when he returns. And I testify he will return. So there's great hope in these difficult days ahead for every one of us. Chris, final words yours. Amen, Brother Sam. And look on the bright side, Sam. What we're experiencing, do you think that founding fathers ever imagined that they would use a fake pandemic to, to further take away our rights? Do you think that they would, the founding fathers envisioned us using critical race theory to further destroy our, um, our unity? Do you think the founding fathers envisioned um, the 9-11 attacks used to destroy our freedoms? All of these experiences, Sam, that we're going through will help, help us to reinforce, not to recreate our Constitution, but I think that when we, when we reinforce our Constitution to uh, safeguard against the things that we have been going through for the last 50 years, I think we will have a much stronger much safer constitution for our life, liberty, and property uh, throughout the millennium. Now, we believe that uh, for a thousand years we will live in what is referred to as the millennium, but I think it, it was necessary that we go through these vicissitudes that we're experiencing now in order to create a society that is even better, that's even more enlightened, that's even more prepared for Satan's deceptions. So having said that, I'm grateful for what we're going through. I look forward to the opportunity to implement um, new safeguards that will guarantee that we will never have to experience what we've experienced uh, during our lifetime, Sam. So on that, I will say without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle is the Lord's, but we do need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson and liberty-loving Americans everywhere, continuing our duty, sir. Amen, sir. And I think with people like you, that gives me incredible hope. Like I say, I see Americans waking up. And as the sleeping giant known as we, the American people, turn to God Almighty, promote family and country, protect life, liberty, and property, I submit to you that we will make a huge difference as we prepare people for Christ's return. Will we be the wise versions? That is our prayer. Will we peacefully lead by example and hard work? Absolutely. Will we use the media to tell the tale of freedom around the world? Without a doubt. The light on a hill shall remain if we have anything to say about it. Thanks, Chris. Thanks to all of you. This nation shall endure. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. God save the republic.